Yona Weiss. We are with the fabulous, uh, famous LinkedIn Yona Weiss, who is saving people millions in taxes. Um, Yona, tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, well, you know, besides for saving people money in taxes and hanging out on LinkedIn all day, I, uh, I'm a father of six. So yeah, I love, love what I do. Um, I used to be a teacher for many years, spent many years uh, studying and, and teaching, living in Israel. And so that's been really was my passion for many years, still is, but uh, went out, got a job, started working in the real estate industry, trying to make some money and um, trying to live a fulfilled life simultaneously, which has been a big blessing, partially through uh, social media and LinkedIn and just the incredible network and connections that I've uh, developed over the years. And, um, you know, just trying to give back as much as I can. Right. Well, you do a great job at that. You're always connecting people on LinkedIn. Were you on LinkedIn the way you are now with, you, you know, showing up every day before the pandemic? Yeah. Yeah. It's been pretty much, um, which has actually been a blessing because I had a, a big head start right. uh, more than a lot of people. So I, st I started pretty much like every day posting on LinkedIn about three years ago. Wow. And um, I found it to be extremely beneficial, very consistent, made tremendous amount of uh, connections through that and helped to grow the personal brand, um, grow business tremendously. Right. And, you know, when the pandemic came and I love to go to in-person conferences and that's how I met a ton of people through that. But once the pandemic hit, that was, you know, right. tucked away, no more, no more in-person events for, for the time being. And so it, you know, LinkedIn just blew up more than sure. that because you just put the more energy you put into it, the more you get out of it. Right. Right. And this is something that I'm, I'm seeing people are still having a hard time with is buying into the fact that you need a personal brand online right? They're still trying to do this like company aspect, mm. but don't you agree that it's not necessarily just for sales? Like you need, it's a reputation, right? Yeah, exactly. In this day and age people, and it's kind of cliche, but it's so true that people do business with who they know and like and trust. And you can't get anyone to like you or trust you if they don't know you. And again, right. it's about knowing you. It's not about knowing yep. what you do necessarily or your prospectus or your business or anything like that. That's kind of secondary. People yep. want to know who you are. If they like you and they get to know you, and some people will, some people won't. Right. Don't get me wrong. I'm sure you have people that you've come across that just you don't get along with. You don't yep. want to necessarily have anything to do with. That being said, that's where the real benefit of social media comes in and networking in general. I mean, that's sure. really what it's all about. It's not about sales. It's really yeah. not. I mean, the sales come if right. you do it right. But I won't name names, but I remember a couple of people who made comments like, oh, yeah, you know that Yona Weiss guy. Like, I don't know how he makes money, but he's everywhere. And I thought to myself, sounds like Yona Weiss has it figured out because you're talking about him right now. And I'm sure that that's the main goal here, you know? <laughs> that's right. That's right. No, it's true. And at this point in my, my uh, business, you know, I'm able to expand and do many other things because right. of that brand. Everything is incoming, right? Yeah. I have, I have loads every day of incoming yeah. leads, just people coming and reaching out to me. Right. I'm not doing any prospecting or anything right. like that. It's right. really just networking and getting right. to know people. And it just, it snowballs over time. Right. And I know that I don't even necessarily know about your company. I mean, I know that you, you work for a big company, Madison Specs, but it's, I know that just based on what I see from you 
on LinkedIn, I would work with you if I need your service. And I don't even know about your the company. Right. And that, that's the amazing thing. And that holds true with you as well. I'm sure with many other people, you automatically um, make that correlation in your mind between who you are, who that person is and what they do, even though you may not need it, you may not even know what it is. And I have right. tons of people reaching out to me like, I don't you know, own any property, but if I ever did, I'm going to reach out to you. Exactly. And that's really, that's really what a uh, testimony to what this, what it's all about. Yeah. It's really powerful. So I want to ask you uh, a couple of personal questions. So I'm curious about something. What has this whole newfound fame kind of done in your personal life? Has it caused any conflict for you? Um, no, no okay, conflict in my personal life. No, none whatsoever. I mean, it's definitely, it's a balance because social media can be a, uh, you know, very, uh, what's the word like pulling, uh, magnetic, right. That yeah. you, you want to be on your phone. You want to be on the online and just responding to messages, you know, 24 right. seven, obviously 24 six, but <laughs> yeah. you can't, uh, but you can't do that. I mean, right. I have, you know, thank God I have a, uh, a life yeah. <laughs> beyond the, beyond the internet and beyond uh, business. Right. And it's really important to make that balance as much yeah. as you can. Uh, right. How do you, how do you achieve that balance? Like what's, what's the number one step you would recommend people take to kind of maintaining that? There it's going to be different for everyone, but there's obviously a balance uh, in any business. And again, this does not you know, solely talk about online or, or social yeah. media. But for me, that's become my main source uh, of business. That's why yep. I spend a lot of time on it. Other people, it may be on the phone, it may be doing whatever they're doing, but they're right. working. And so right. it's important to draw a distinction between that to have uh, boundaries, number one, like times when you are not working, right? Obviously, I mean, there are workaholics out there. And yeah. there are people that can be spending the time, you know, all day, every day, whenever they're doing, especially entrepreneurs, when yeah. you're starting a business, you have so much time that you are just in there, right. but it's so important to have the time for yourself. Yeah. So for me personally, right. You know, I, first of all, we have Shabbos, we have the Sabbath, so we don't That's good. Work or anything like that. One right. day, you know, 24 hours a day, a week, totally everything is off. Okay. So that's one thing. And it, it expands beyond that because it's really like two days, basically. Right. Right we're totally cut off. It's just, you know, being with your family, being with yourself and also on a daily basis. You know, I, I pray every day. So there's times and I study. So there are times when I wake up in the morning, there's, you know, hours and hours before I even get to work, before I turn right. on any device or anything like that, where right. my mind can be clear to be, you know, with my, you know, with my thoughts, with God, right. with my, my children. And, right. and that's really so important. No, that's huge. And I mean, what you're saying there, though, in the morning, those moments alone, just so you're actually with yourself or like, I think if you're not in that space, you can't even be successful because you're just run ragged and you're not giving your full attention to the actual things that matter for your business. Yeah. I mean, it comes with a lot of habits, right? Developing those habits and developing those time limits. But I can't imagine like waking up and just like turning to your phone and, you know, just be... I. Literally, like, I won't even, you know, I just, in my own personal um, life w would not be the same. I mean, it would, yeah. it would be a totally different situation. Sure, sure. So I want to segue that into what you mentioned about Shabbat. So I grew up where this was a priority, you know, having this Friday to Saturday time. 
And I think as, as a young person, you, you don't get it. You, you know, you'd grow up in a time where this is not, or in an area where this is not the norm, right. And you don't really maybe respect it. So as mm-hmm. an adult though, it's, it makes the most sense in the world to me that you shut off on Friday. You have this moment of kind of coming together with your family and yeah. you, you turn off. So what do you, what do you say about that? Like, I think more people in, in any type of religion, right. That this is something they should apply. Would you agree? It is. It's very difficult to, uh, to kind of conceptualize until you can experience it. But I think everyone will agree it's important to just take time for yourself and right. take time for, even if you're not a spiritual person, right? but you are someone that cares about your own, you know, mental health. Yeah. It's important to take a step back to just, right. uh, you know, unplug right. everything in order to, uh, to kind of plug in. I mean, that's right. really what we're doing. <laughs> we're that, exactly. Recharging. That's a good way to put it, actually. I think more people, if they could understand it in that way, would like respect the fact that this is like something we all actually need to be applying. So speaking of religion, I'm curious how religion has impacted your professional life. Has it been a positive thing? Has it actually maybe done more for you on a professional level? I think I think it's done a lot more for me for sure because having spent as many years as I did totally immersed in uh, a very very you know deep devout religious life yeah. where I'm talking about spending you know hours 10 12 15 hours a day just yeah. immersed in study and in prayer right. and and that really shapes who you are and with the right mindset you can really approach the world uh, outside in a much different light. And then you, you kind of see that business and every interaction that you have and everything you do in life is really guided and it, there's Mm -hmm. purpose. And so if you have that, and I'm speaking for myself personally, but when you have that sort of perspective in life, and for me, it's, it's God, it's, it's religious. It's that I realize there's a creator. There's some being that is really in charge of everything. Right. And so everything that's happening in life has purpose and has meaning. And if you can look into that and try to figure out, um, or not even figure out, but kind of learn lessons in everything that happens to you, then you live a much more profound uh, existence because you don't, you're not affected by things um, the way many people are. They think, oh, this, why did this happen to me? And things are happening to me. But really, when you realize this is everything is has meaning to it. And so therefore, how am I reacting is probably the most important part of this, right? And so that's really the development. And that comes with, you know, years of really developing those, um, and, you know, we'll call them emotional intelligence. We'll call them sure. you know, social skills and things like that. But really it comes down to, you know, refining your own uh, character. Right, right. That's really powerful. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I really do believe like spending years and having that religious uh, background or that approach to everything in life business is just another thing, right? right. I'm interacting with you or with right. other people. And therefore I have, you know, making connections. And so if I am able to give off uh, a better impression of a right. religious person or, a, you know, that to me is very meaningful right. besides for you know everything else that comes along with it. Right. Right. Has being Orthodox ever, uh, affected the way you do business? 
There are certain limitations for sure. Um, you know, you for, so? for one. Yeah. It, I wouldn't say that it's, you know, affected negatively because uh, again, everything, it all depends on your perspective, right. but you know, the fact that I shut off for, uh, you know, on Friday, which we can't should all me. be doing <laughs> right. People can't reach me. You know, if you try to right. send me an email on, on Friday or Saturday, like you'll just get an automatic response every single week. And so it's the, some people they just can't, can't fathom that. But for me, I work four days a week. And so that's really, yeah. um, yeah. You know, they talk about the four hour work week, four day work week. When you can kind of control the time that you work, that's important. So there, you know, and there's tons of holidays throughout the year. And so that is challenging because it just means you have to figure out your schedule. Right. Um, there are obviously other, many other um, kind of laws and, and religious things that come about. Like, I don't know how, how much we want to get into detail into this, but but it, there, it definitely affects everything. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. But I think there's something to be looked up to with the fact that you have a four day work week. Like that is pretty incredible because I'm sure you're able to cram in the same amount of work as someone who's working five days a week, but you're actually getting them that mental shutdown. Yeah. Yeah. And the fact that also like it, I love what I do. And so yeah. it's really fun. So yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't even consider what I do work. Like I go right. to work and I spend time doing what I'm doing, which is, you know, away from my family. That right. is true. But at the same time, um, there's a lot of fulfillment that comes through that. Yeah. No, that's awesome. I, I wish that uh, more people were able to adapt that way of being. So tell me about, tell me more about um, you and commercial real estate and kind of your love of that. I know that you do love what you do. I do. One, one thing that I've found in being involved in the commercial real estate industry and specifically multifamily, I've found there's a kind of camaraderie mm-hmm. among the people in the industry. And there's, first of all, a lot of people that I'm in contact at least are people that came from other industries or other businesses. And then they are putting money into real estate or they're you know deciding at a kind of a later stage, I want to be able to grow my wealth. And this is a great way to do it. And so there is a growth mindset uh, that these people have. So it's Mm -hmm. not like a regular, it's not, I mean, I would define the the opposite of a cutthroat business environment. Sure, sure. uh, Which is really, you know, you get to surround yourself with good people. Right. And and that's, I think, why I love it the most. Right. You're not dealing with like the politics and like a corporate setting. You're dealing with people who are expanding their lives and their, right, their position in, in, in wealth, really. Yeah. And many of them entrepreneurs. And so that's entrepreneurs are notoriously much more kind of positive mindset type people. Sure. And at least the successful ones. Yeah. (laughs) And so that's who you surround yourself with. Um, Right. To me, that that means more than anything. Like who you're around, who you're surrounding yourself with, who you're doing business with. Right. That's that's why I have uh, such a love for it. I think more than more than anything else is the people. That's that's awesome. I I see that you. I know you do a lot of groups where you're talking to people, and I've noticed that in those groups. I mean, you have such a wide variety of of guests, but you also have a lot of younger people. So in those sessions, are you really just talking about the best ways to go about investing in real estate? What are you offering those younger people? I think younger people coming, they're trying to learn. They right. see that uh, they've they've kind of 
read books or they've heard podcasts or they've come across the fact that real estate is a great way to uh, to build wealth over over time. Um, right. And so they're getting a head start. I like to bring in guest speakers to the groups that I put together and I do a weekly Zoom group. We've got like 50 to 100 people come together on like a meetup and we'll bring in a different guest speaker every week. So it's really something related to real estate. And, um, you know, if you're open to it, I'd love to have you come. Oh, I'd love to. About public adjusting and, and yeah. whole thing. Because we've, we've had, you know, everything from any, anything in the industry. It's just a place, a, a kind of a safe environment yeah. for people to learn about a subject that they may not have known about. It may not even be relevant to them right now. But right. the thing about, about education is that you never know what you're going to need to know later right. on. No, I think it's fantastic. And you always have a good turnout. I think it's, you know, the way you present yourself on LinkedIn is like being a connector. But then when you actually put it into motion and you're providing education, like that's like the, the number one, always be learning, right? So I, yeah. I really commend you on doing that. And I think you're teaching a lot of people things they didn't know. It's awesome. Good for yeah, you, it's, it's Yona. Fun. <laughs> it's fun. Yeah. I, I do enjoy it. Yeah. What do you think like the number one is for when someone comes to you and they're newer in real estate and maybe they just purchased their first multifamily? What are, what are they going to come to you directly for? What are you going to resolve for them? So what I do is a very, my business is a very specific service that helps people lower their income tax. Um, through this process called cost segregation. And so I really just like to have a conversation with people and find out where they're at, what their kind of game plan is, what their goals are. And, you know, if I can help them, many times I can and happy to, you know, happy to steer them that, in that direction and give them the, uh, the service, which is pretty much a no-brainer for, for most people because it's a way to pay less income tax. So <laughs> who doesn't yeah. like to do that? Right. And I kind of have that, and I'm sure you can relate to this, Stephanie, but um, I have this great position that I'm in that when you help people in that regard and they're like, okay, you just saved me $200,000 in taxes or a million dollars in taxes, they love you. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they do. They do. There's nothing like finding your client's money. Or, or helping them to keep their own. It, there's nothing like that. That's it, it's a very rewarding role. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so you you like come out of it like, oh yeah, this is great. You know, and so you go to work loving what you do because right. you're able. First of all, everyone you talk to likes you. Yeah. <laughs> and um, and you're it is fulfilling, like you said. So that's awesome. Right. So someone who is just getting into buying multifamily, right? Is there like a certain type of property that you steer away from or anyone who buys commercial real estate can come to you? Yeah. Anyone, anyone awesome. that owns any type of commercial real estate, whether multifamily, you say, you name it, any type of property. Awesome. So yeah, I mean, it, it's my thing is all about education. That's what yeah. I do. You know, I'm doing webinars and, and podcasts on, on other people's podcasts, just mm -hmm. talking about this subject that is really people don't know about. And right. there is when you hear a concept and you're like, what is that? Then either you kind of turned off by it or you're intrigued by it. Mm -hmm. And so my job, what I do, I just I'm passionate about just spreading the word, telling as many people right. as possible, teaching as many people as possible. And so coming from that background as a teacher, mm -hmm. it's easy for me to do. Sure. And, and I enjoy that. So right. 
That's, that's uh, great. The educational piece for, I think for a lot of people, and, uh, and this can relate to you, can relate to a lot of people in any industry you're in. When you come across people that they're, that they're, um, their main um, objection to you or your service or your product or whatever it is, is that eh, I don't think this is going to work. And you ask, well, why not? And they can't give, really give you a reason. Usually it's because they don't understand it and right. they don't really get it. Right. And so if you can just preempt that by, mm-hmm. by just providing educational content for people right. to consume, right. then you'll have people reaching out to you. Right. Right. No, I, I can totally relate to the fact that most people don't know about your service, especially when they're newer to buying real estate. You know, so for me, I'm always talking about something that hardly anyone knows about. So I get it. And it's really nice when you can do that, when you know that like you are really adding this educational piece that people you're helping people. It's awesome. Yeah. So what about um, demographics in terms of where people buy? Are you all over the United States? Do you do stuff in Israel as well? No. So we're, I mean, the truth is we're the biggest national company in uh, in the U.S. doing this. And so we work in all 50 states. It doesn't matter where the properties is located. I just got off the phone a few minutes ago with someone in Humboldt County, California, which is like northernmost right. county in California, right. notorious for other things as well. But um, <laughs> But um, yeah, we're we're everywhere. Um, you talked about internationally. The funny thing is, what we do is specific to the U.S. tax code, and Got it. so there is actually an interesting thing that if someone owns is a U.S. taxpayer but owns a property outside of the U.S., mm-hmm. they can still take depreciation deductions from that, and so you can use cost segregation on that. But it will have to be a significantly bigger uh, property. We actually work with a ton of Israeli companies mm-hmm. who are, you know, they own in the U S right. Right. There's a lot of, so it works, you know, it works both ways. Right. I was just going to say, I mean, I, I would imagine then a lot of funds would be potential relationships for you who are based out of the country, but happen to own here. They need someone like you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's awesome. Well, listen, Yona, I'm so thankful that you joined me. This is going to be probably one of my first episodes. (laughs) And um, yeah, you are an amazing guest. And I can't wait for people to learn more about cost segregation from you in our episode. Oh, it's my pleasure, Stephanie. Thank you for inviting me here. And, you know, it's really exciting to see you kind of blossom into, you know, what you've become and continue the success, the S2 show. It's going to be like the top of the charts. for sure. (laughs) Well, thank you for that. I appreciate you always. 